God, I missed the sound of that bell, and I hope you guys missed it as well. I've been off for you guys for two weeks. I'm sorry, university work. <laughs> That's it. You know, if you never, if you saw my last episode, I was like, fuck, I need to get everything in focus. Uh, by the way, hello and welcome and welcome to the IMO podcast. Sorry, I banned you from the introduction, but I just miss you guys. I genuinely miss you guys. I'm sorry. Um, I just had a lot of uni work, and if you've seen my last episode, I've been behind on a lot of work, and I was like, you, you need to get your shit straight, at least figure out figure out how to sort yourself out, organize a plan, and all that bullshit. And, you know, it just took me two weeks to get back to where I was. I'm still far behind, but I'm, I've developed the, the, the habits I need to get term two sorted now, especially of the shoddy term one that I had. Um, still haven't gotten the grades for those two bullshit essays, by the way, so fingers crossed. Um, how you guys been? It's been two weeks. Uh, surprisingly, I have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> you know, this corona and this bullshit. Um, I've been getting into my, my courses a lot, so I'll probably talk about that stuff, you know. Um, I've realized that this might sound very anti to make to some people, but I realize, um, I've read the, uh, John, uh, Mishmi book, uh, what's it called? The, no, what was it called? Um, I forgot what it's called. The Lobby, the Israeli Lobby, and, uh, how it, um, somehow, some way, um, makes it worse for Israel's uh, sort of dominancy in the situation because it's the more it exists and the more it's unwilling to share a two-state system with Palestine, the more likely for our neighboring enemies to develop nuclear weapons. And uh, for some other reason, they don't seem to be figuring that out. Um, this book used to be considered uh, anti-Semitic. I don't know if it still is considered anti-Semitic. In some aspects, maybe... But that's usually because um, the, the Israeli lobby holds a lot of position and power within, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of media and all that bullshit. But that's a pretty legitimate book. Um, watch me get cancelled or get kicked out of my job because I said that. But yeah, I read that. Um, by the way, I'm not like anti-Israel. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, they, they deserve to stay, right, especially because they've been living there for a while, grandchildren, and for, there's literally five generations there, there's a history and culture, I'm not anti israel I'm just like, anti-Palestinian uh, sort of treatment by Israel, um, so let's get that fucking covered, um, what's it called, yeah, I've just been doing that, uh, another one is the uh, Russian history, um, who, uh, I was, um, my, 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 uh, courses in the, regarding, wow, well, I have a fucking bead thing stuck on this sort of edge, and I just picked it up. I'm rather studying Fifty Shades of, uh, 20, uh, I, th- I think it was just, just 20th Century Russia. I forgot, it had a cooler name, but it's called 20th Century Russia. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, I didn't know that, um, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and, uh, and uh, what's the other one? Kazakh, Uzbeks, and and uh, shit, I forgot the third one. But I didn't know that those were uh, sort of uh, nomad tribes before uh, before they were countries, and that the Soviet Union had to turn them into countries. And uh, the dominant religion over there was, of course, Islam, and still is, um, despite the undercover element of it. Uh, like uh, not still is despite I'm saying sorry I mixed up uh, when I meant that undercover I meant that 
Soviet Union was fighting against Islam under the uh, that was dominant in these nomad tribes. Now it became Uzbek and Kazakh countries. Islam was pretty dominant over there, and even when Soviets made it sort of illegal, um, it was still running underground. A bit like that Martin Scorsese film. If you haven't seen it, give it a watch. Uh, it's not like uh, it's called Silence, uh, starring the old Spider-Man uh, Andrew Garfield and uh, Pass and the guy from the Jim, Jim Jarmusch film. Uh, also played uh, Kylo Ren. I love how I went from person to Kylo Ren uh, instead of saying Kylo Ren first. I think Adam Driver. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, it's called Silence. Excellent movie by Martin Scorsese. One of the movies, apparently Martin Scorsese was like, oh, he's been planning to direct it for a while. And uh, he decided to, uh, you know, not direct it because he liked the experience of it. And it was so close to his heart because it involves religion and that. And as you, if you were Martin Scorsese fanatic, you would, probably would be well known over the fact that he had, was planning to become a priest and he attended Catholic school so it, it probably was a, a show that was close to his heart not gonna lie um yeah so that's a good movie Silence so it reminded me of that like in the movie Silence uh Christianity uh basically Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver are priests and their t- teacher I, f- I forgot what the proper name their mentor Liam Neeson um, gets tortured and uh, is forced to disown Christianity, otherwise he'll be killed. And all his other people, all the Christian followers would be killed, so he had to turn Buddhist. Um, and then uh, the, uh, Andrew Garfield and uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver? Yeah, that's his name. Adam Driver? Yeah, that's his name. Why I just mentioned them for a second. Ugh, sorry, guys. <laughs> Adam Driver went into... Um, decided to go to uh, Japan, or was it China? I think it was Japan. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, Japan or China, where was Silence based? Uh, silence... Martin Scorsese. Uh, Catholic mission... Tra- yeah, traveled to Japan in search for a missing mentor, Free Era, who is believed to have been promoting Catholicism by going against the law. So they go to Japan and try and find their mentor and they find that uh, throughout their battles, a bunch of bullshit happens and like, uh, and then, then, uh, I don't want to get into it. It's a great movie. I saw it on an empty cinema, by the way. I saw it. Uh, I was like, yo, I've got, I was in sixth form, which is a high school for you Americans out there. Uh, getting my A levels, uh, I think no, I think I was retaking my GCSEs, which is my uh, uh, secondary school, which is my school d- degree, like lower grade degree underneath the high school degree. Yeah, that's how smart I am. I had to retake the basic stuff, um, primarily because I just came into this country in year nine and I just didn't know the importance of that GCSE bullshit, which is the secondary school degree, um. Uh, but still, I'm, I'm not that smart. Um, so what happened was, yeah, yeah. So I was retaking, so uh, I had to retake GCSEs, and I had the sociology class. And the gap between my uh, other class and my sociology class was around three hours. So I said, "Fuck it, let me just go." Cinema's only fifteen minutes away by bus, and let me just go watch the Martin Scorsese film um, because I was waiting for it. It was a fucking great film, Martin Scorsese. Uh, never seen a Martin Scorsese film in the cinema. This would have been my first, uh, Scorsese, if you don't know him, Taxi Driver, Wolf of Wall Street, the AVAR. Um, what else did he direct? He directed that really good uh, t- TV series that just came out on Netflix with uh, Annie Letterman. Not Annie Letterman, that's another comedian. 
Fran Lebowitz, the humorist, who's not even a comedian. Hey, the brain, the brain. The research Jesus is now you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, Fran Lebowitz uh, pretended to see. So he directed it and he also directed some other works with her. And she was also the lawyer in Wolf of Wall Street when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was getting uh, his sentence over the uh, embezzlement crimes that he did with the... Uh, with the... What was that? Steve Madden. Is it Steve Madden? Steve Madden, the the clothing company. I remember it because they were on Quaaludes when they were saying Steve Madden. Is it Steve Madden? Yeah, yeah, Steve Madden. And they were representing him and then oh, some bullshit happened and then they misplaced or embezzled. And... Yeah, yeah, fucking Wall Street, man. So yeah, that. Um, where was I? Yeah, so I was just giving you an introduction over Mars Corsair. Um So there was an underground element of Christianity in the movie Silence, and um, which was like they were undercover, and they remind. And when I was learning my Soviet history in Central Asia, which was Uzbek and Kazakh, and the nomad tribes beforehand turned into countries by the Soviet Union, who later gave them their own languages through identifying similar identification of cultures and divides and all that shit. Um, they had an underground uh, uh, Muslim element within it, uh, which is very similar to silence, obviously. So that, that's that's the whole, you know, jargon that led to this link. Um, I bet you guys miss my off-the-cuff ways of talking. Oh, sorry, I just followed the boat. Fucking shout-out to John Mulaney. Um, there's, there's, there's a hair on my teeth. Fuck. Um, and what, what else? What else? What else was there? Uh, nothing much. Just the Wall Street crash in the 30s. Uh, and, like, a... Uh, Herbert Hoover, and then the FDR came in, and then the Hoover Dam, and and the Tennessee bullshit. The Tennessee... Uh, uh, I forgot what they're called. I've got notes on them. And then what else? Uh, f- f- uh, the idea of uh, the, uh, the whole political risk analysis bullshit of unknown unknowns, fat tales. If you, don't, if you are a person of the older generation, you would know this very well-known quote from uh, Secretary of Defense under George Bush. Uh, George uh, H no George W Bush not H.W. Bush H.W. George W. Bush um, where he said there's things that are known knowns so these are the things that we know we know and there are known unknowns these are the things that we know we don't know and then there are unknown unknowns and these are the things we don't know that we don't know and throughout history it's the unknown unknowns that have been. Who's getting in my room? I'm recording a podcast. Yeah, uh, tell him later. I, I, honestly, I'm recording. Just pause it for one no, second. I can't pause it. I have to ask you one really important no. question. No, later, man. I'm, I'm recording. No, he needs to ask you something so he can call someone back and give him a Oh, flipping out. All right, I'll be back real quick. Um. All right, I think I'm back, guys. I don't know if it messed up the cut or anything. I think I'm, it's good. I think the cut messed up. Boo! Fucking guess. Ah, sorry about that. I had, to, I had to leave and get something sorted out. Family requests and all that. Family business. All family matters. Family uh, situations. Um. 
Yeah, what were, what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, the Hoover Dam and FDR, uh, all that bullshit. Um, the other one was political psychology, unknown unknowns, and fact tales. Yeah, so we were studying those fact tale events. Like an unknown unknown would be the um, the pandemic that we just went through, or the two thousand seven housing market crisis. Yeah, you know, all, all that stuff. You know, just so that's the shit we've been studying. Uh, I sent an email to my professor about a video between uh, Don Rumsfeld and Stephen Colbert where he basically says that if, it, if intelligence and all that shit and Colbert tells him that these are uh, sort of conspiracy where Stephen Colbert also maybe there's another fourth element which is the known unknown unknowns which are these are the unknowns that you know but choose to not tell us you know um, so basically conspiracy theory, oh, they hit it from us and all that shit, which is, I mean, yeah, stupid question. Um, from Stephen Colbert, but he just did it for fucking applause and it's like, oh, you cheated on us, you lied to us and all that bullshit. Um, and then, uh, Don Rothfeld uh, just accurately replies with, if intelligence was fact, it wouldn't be called intelligence. <laughs> Which is the idea that these are probabilities we're dealing with. We're not dealing with, you know, with artifacts. If it was artifacts, we wouldn't have to debate it in Parliament. It would just be like fucking... There would not be a massive debate between it and the Congress. It would just be like, fuck it, let's go, gung-ho. They have WMDs we need to fucking fight. Um, yeah, so that's all I've been studying. Oh, um, sorry, I'm paying lip balm. I'll put it like a fucking New Jersey girl. I fucking... It's right over my mustache. Oh, yeah. I use the um, aloe vera vaseline lip therapy. Yeah, damn right. I called it vaseline Vaseline. Get that out That's a fucking most feminine way to save a fucking brand. Vaseline. That's shit, man. Um, uh, what's it called? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there was another one, which is the constructivist sort of theory of, of political identity, which was pretty fucking cool. Like, you know, America, a crisis is, which argues that this crisis is subjective to the way the person identifies it. It's subjective. Like, for example, the Cuban Missile Crisis. For uh, America, it was called the Cuban Missile Crisis because um, America's dominancy of NATO was under threat because there's these nuclear powers in Cuba. For Russia, it was the Caribbean crisis, which is the fact that Soviet Russia decided to put those nukes near USA bases because they want to assert their dominancy as the as the number one sorry as the number one communist country when facing China. For Cuba, it was the I forgot what it was for Cuba, but it was a crisis where they were dealing with. Their nationality, uh, the idea of a revolutionary state—I forgot what it exactly was called—and the, the fact that the, there was a arms a sort of fight against the Cubans uh, from the USA troops. The USA troops were sent to Cuba, and it absolutely failed. So it was an idea of a fight for their national identity and a fight for their uh, idea of a revolutionary country. And if you watch The Godfather too, uh, Cuba was meant to be the next Las Vegas for many people. Remember that movie, Casino by Martin Scorsese? God, that fucking movie is great, man. Honestly, just, uh, if it's accurate, it was Casino based on a true story? Uh, was Casino based on a true story? The movie based on a true story? 
life of Frank Lefty version Soul Magic because he has yeah yeah it's based on a true story um which is a sick film of how the mafia established the casino sorry I'm gonna sneeze actually can I swallow it yeah I just Joe Rogan swallowed it hey I just Joe Rogan swallowed it oh no it's coming back I'm afraid I'll give you corona through the podcast even though you're far away and you're on your own devices, but but it's uh, I'm just afraid. <laughs> That's how scared I am of a sneeze, even when it's transmitted through uh, shared audio files in a cloud-based system. It could transmit. It's everywhere. F- fucking hell! It's in 4G, guys. It's in 5G. 5G is the cause of coronavirus. So we're still talking about that shit, Lord. Uh, I remember going to a fucking troll debate with my friends in the group chat. It's like, it could be because of the heat transfers and all that shit. And they were like, Yusuf, you're so dumb. And I was trolling, I was trolling, I was trolling. Um, but it was fun. Trolling them was fun. Um, what else? What else? I pre-ordered the uh, the uh, Masterpiece uh, Starscream MP52. Uh, I think that's what it, the code name for it. Masterpiece Starscream. I pre-ordered it. I paid a deposit of like £20. It's going to be like 200 Pounds, but that'll be like coming out in July. They're, they're doing another one, which is uh, Thunderstruck. I'm, uh, I'm not. It's not worth collecting that many seekers for me, to be honest. Like uh, I'd rather go spend it. Initially, I'd, I'd like I have my Optimus Prime uh, much better than the MP44 version. If you know your Transformers, we spoke about this before. I have a, my my Optimus Prime and trying to get a Starscream, and then eventually try and get a Megatron. If because I, I have a feeling, the reason why I didn't go for a Megatron before Starscream because it's obviously Starscream would be brand new straight out of the box, um, whereas the uh, MP43 from Megatron would be used and uh, it'll be tough to find a, a brand new one. Um, from the box and all that bullshit and even when uh, the only good source is eBay or uh, sort of websites uh, that are designed sorry I'm hitting the mic too much guys I'm terribly sorry or websites like um, Kapow Toys or Big Bad Toy Store if you're in America um, but those are rare and uh, eBay is like I might be dealing with a fake which is never nice um, so uh, pretty much uh, pre-ordered that and uh, they might one day do a reissue for MP43 since they did Starscream first and based on the trajectory of releases it was usually a Starscream before Megatron and uh, it'll be kind of cool to see a Megatron and uh, Takaro Tomi the brand behind the official uh, manufacturing and engineering of these Transformers toys has been uh, you know against a lot of flack because third party Transformers figures have been owning their shit specifically in the in the uh, movie uh, sort of adaptation realm like uh, uh, Unique Toys Dragoon and the Unique uh, Toys uh, Charger are way better versions of Optimus Prime and Megatron in terms of the movie than the Masterpiece uh, movie one. So yeah, Capal Toys need to not Capal Toys, Takarato needs to fix this shit up. But Capal Toys is the uh, basically a Japanese Hasbro. For many of you, Capal Toys partners up down the and then the I got into nerdy stuff. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see that identity in politics uh, obviously constructed and um, and uh, what's it called? It was interesting to see that based on which is obvious, but when you put it into political terms, it's it's also different. Like for, from a Cuban perspective, the Cuban Missile Crisis was different, and from a Russian perspective, the Russian Missile Crisis was different. Like it was very 
it's a, such an obvious observation to see, but the fact that it's it's like it's like that when you're solving any sort of puzzle and you're just fixated on this difficult puzzle, let's say, and you're fixated on the regular patterns that you do and you don't notice the, the key move. So it's kind of like that where it's like, oh, your mindset is so fixated on this certain element of thinking and then there's a completely left or right. I don't put it, not, I don't mean this politically, but there's a completely different way of seeing it if you just look to the right of the puzzle or center of the puzzle or left of the puzzle you know um hit the mic again i don't know listen i haven't done this in two weeks i'm a noob leave me alone um so yeah well fucking manchester united have been bombing oh that's disgusting that match against everton man oh an abomination bro an abomination it was so shire against Carlo Ancelotti, the legend, Carlo Ancelotti, the guy who led, l- I don't want to mess this up, <laughs> I need to search it, fuck, uh, sorry, Carlo Ancelotti, uh, Italian football manager, oh yeah, AC Milan, uh, I remember he, uh, he trained AC Milan, the guy who basically discovered Kaká, Football player that fucked up when he went to Real Madrid, but yeah, you know, Um also means shit in uh, Arabic, uh, in the Lebanese. Kaka, shout out to my Lebanese uh, dons if you're ever listening. Um, so yeah, for, for yeah, we lost Carl Ancelotti is coaching heaven. Uh, pretty tough team. Uh, like based on our previous performance, we lost against Sheffield United. Um, we drew against Arsenal and we had a match against Everton uh, and we had a 3-0 lead uh, against Everton on the halftime they had a chance on uh, Pogba got injured who if you don't play football is our uh, you know is a very integral to maintaining the center of the game in terms of its midfield position Um, very integral player world-class player uh, Hasn't been performing world class throughout the years for Manchester United, but a World Cup winner. Like, if you watch his highlights for France, and you'll just see he's a World Cup winner. Like, I'm not like saying it as a subject, but he's an actual France World Cup winner. Like, Paul Pogba, search him up. If you don't know Paul Pogba, like, I don't know if you, how you don't know Paul Pogba. Like, Americans freak me out. Like, these players have like over 60 million followers on Instagram, and you don't fucking know them. Like, fuck. Um, yeah. So, uh, search up Paul Pogba. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so he got injured, and uh, five months after him getting injured, uh, and this was like oh, close to half time. Uh, first of all, before that, Bruno Fernandes scored an insane long shot, like one of the most beautiful long shots I've ever seen in my life, like a fucking unicorn long shot. Bruno Fernandes. Oh my god, second leading goal scorer in the Premier League, right behind Mohamed Salah. I love Mohamed Salah, but like, come on, I'm, if he's this is Manchester player we're talking about, I, I don't want like we speak, we both speak the same language. He's Egyptian. Um, I love Mohamed Salah. I fucking love him. Uh, it's so great to see such an Arabic, uh, such an Arabic. It's so great to see such a great player within who's also Arabic getting such worldwide recognition and so much love. 
across uh, you know the 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 UK and the world, you know. Um, but primarily the UK. Who would have thought that Liverpool would be supporting an Arab? Um, <laughs> so I'm not saying shit about Liverpool, man. I'm just, I'm just saying like out of all the places you'd expect like super progressive London to have like an Arabic player. Um, of that world-class caliber, but, you know, all thanks to Klopp, man. All thanks to Klopp, one of the greatest managers of all time. Probably if he... Um, well, right now, Liverpool aren't doing well. But let's hope they figure it out. <laughs> um, lost against Man City, 4-1, I think. Yeah. Man City are on a fucking tear. Pep Guardiola, man, that guy. So that guy's attribute is that not that he can win uh, not that he's just lucky to get teams with good amount of money and good play he can win with those teams like he elevates them to the core like what he did to Sterling like De Bruyne I don't think De Bruyne would be would be his, his that level under any manager like people chat about Pep Guardiola but I firmly don't believe De Bruyne would be that level if it wasn't for Pep Guardiola, I I just firmly don't believe it. Um, and that guy's the number one player in the Premier League. Some people say Salah, some people say Sane. For me, it's De Bruyne. Um, it's hot, and that's coming from a Man United fan and an Arab. I'm sorry, I'm Salah. Um, so yeah, I don't think like Pep Guardiola has this ability, like a fucking sugarcane juice, to squeeze every ounce of every player and get the most potential out of them. And maybe that's an attribute that most managers possess. Maybe David Moyes could do it, but I don't think David Moyes was able to do it to Memphis Depay. Um, or no, not what's his name? Van Howe couldn't do it to Memphis Depay. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the. You think David Moyes couldn't do it to Phil Jones? Like all these players had potential. So Guardiola has an ability to um, catch players uh, who, who have a spark and just give them the opportunity to show that spark. And maybe that's primarily because he he managed the great Messi. And uh, he saw that elevation. He saw the elements. He saw the the emotional intelligence. Uh, he, 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 he noticed he has the emotional intelligence to acquire such um, sort of uh, a glimmer in the player's eye, you know. So maybe, and you know, he's coached people from the likes of Aaron Robin to Lewandowski. Like the guys, literally owned it in every single league. Like fucking Barcelona. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Bayern Munich and now Man City. It'd be interesting to see him coach a bad team. Like, uh, of course, he's not as good as Mourinho. But if he carries on for the next 20 or 10, or 20, 10 to 20 years like this, he might be better. Like, Mourinho hasn't done anything great. Like The last great thing Mourinho did was set up the uh, triple uh, Champions League winning team for Zinedine Zidane. Like legit, for people who are Real Madrid players, that was like Mourinho's crafting and then Zinedine Zidane. As soon as Mourinho left uh, Zinedine Zidane, just take the credit. And I believe An- Ancelotti was before that. And Ancelotti failed. No, he didn't. No, I don't know. I don't remember. The, I think it was Ancelotti before that. And then Ancelotti didn't do well. And then Zinedine Zidane came in and went, 
won three Champions Leagues with the help of Ronaldo. Um, then Ronaldo left and Juve are, and, and Real Madrid haven't been the same since uh, Gareth Bale, who's the highest rated, highest paid player in the Premier League, which is quite interesting, around 536,000 a week. Yep, pounds, not dollars. So I believe that'll be $800, 800 uh, $865. What would you say? Five hundred thirty-five thousand, hundred and thirty-five pounds into dollars, eight hundred sixty-five. Ah, fuck, seven hundred thirty-eight. Well, it's like seven hundred thirty-eight thousand in uh, in uh, in uh, pounds. Hmm. Well, I had quick maths, but I don't. Maybe because the pound has dropped recently. Um. Year, um, so yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Van der Beek played, um, yeah, yesterday Manchester United played against uh West Ham, who are the uh fifth or fourth on the Premier League, and we're like second. Um, I don't think we'll be able to maintain second, man. We, we, we we're so unpredictable. We've got such a wild card, and Pog was injured for two weeks. That was our player of the month, um. I don't know. Maybe we'll barely be able to get third or fourth, like legit, because Chelsea's going to probably get a rise. Arsenal might get a rise, but I don't know. We do have a chance, but out of the giant that is Man City right now is just too tough for us. Like legit, too tough. Like if we barely managed to get a fucking magical free kick against Liverpool, and these guys got a fucking four-one win. Like I don't know, man. We, it's it's you're shooting it if you go for, if we dream about getting first place. We will definitely. Mm, that's also a tough question. I don't know. A top four will be tough. So yeah, well, that's some Premier League for you guys. Um, we uh, we were playing against West Ham, second in the league, FA Cup match, not a Premier League Cup match, which is the uh, National Cup for the UK. There's a league and then there's a cup. So the FA Cup is the National Cup. If you win it, you get to the Premier League, to the Champions League. Okay, makes sense. Okay, okay. Uh, so uh, we were playing against West Ham, and uh, we uh, went into extra time. He played Van der Beek, who played that everybody has been nagging at him to play, and he uh, fucking uh, was he was absolutely shoddy, Van der Beek's poor Van der Beek. Such shit performance, maybe because he's so rusty. But I mean, come on, you're getting paid in the thousands. Like, you're getting paid in the fucking thousands. You should be in a position where you have to be ready for an actual game. Um. So yeah, Van der Beek uh, did shit, and then on extra time, McTominay on no on seventieth minute, Bruno Fernandes, McTominay, and Edson Cavani came in. Uh, and then extra time came in and McTominay scored another uh, amazing long shot. What a fucking great play. We have so much. Like Mason Greenwood, that guy, if this guy doesn't have five-star skills on FIFA, I don't know what five-star skills are. Mason Greenwood is legit FIFA 21. He should have five-star skill moves. Like, he should. I'm not bragging about Manchester United player, but he should because this guy's ability to... This guy amazes me. Like legit, amazing me to the core. Week for oh wow, three star skill moves. 
The fuck? The fuck? Three star skillers. Are you kidding me? Why am I connected to this shitty internet? Uh, I've got to change connection. For those who don't know, I have three internet connections at my home. Wow, fancy. Um, yeah, f- he has f- five star weak foot, but three star skill moves. Get the fuck out of here. Probably due to his incredible weak foot. Uh, I'm reading the comments. Should be five star skill moves next year. Like, legit, should be five star skill moves. Uh, what's his age? He's 19. And he's got five-star week. Like, legit. This guy is an amazing player. Could reach... He's at 77 right now for FIFA 21. But, I've, listen, obviously FIFA sh- sh- shouldn't be, like, your accurate sort of ranking of players. Some people... Like, Van der Beek is 83, and he, he was playing, like, a fucking silver card. Um, the, he was playing, like, a 76. Um... But minimum, this guy should be 85 by the time he matures, unless something fucks up. 85, 83, somewhere minimum between that range. Um, and uh, that skill move, skill moves, fuck off. It ain't freestyle for skill moves. Get the fuck out of here. Mason Greenwood can do it. has some chops, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Freestyle skill moves, fuck off, big man. What, do you, what, about, what about this card? No, we got, he got 81, um, man of the match card. I'm wondering what got it, but Rashford deserved it more. Is it a little bit more card than that? That's great. Um, yeah, haven't played FIFA Ultimate Team in a while. I'm I'm not planning to play it again. Um, mainly because, by the way, the website I was on was Foothead, and uh, a lot of players comment on the people's rating, which is quite interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, Rashford. I fucking love Rashford. Absolutely love that player. I really such a great player um such a great replacement for what, number 10 like Wayne Rooney obviously held number 10 and that guy's one of the most electric players to ever play in the Premier League but to have Rashford as a replacement I'm not fussed <laughs> like I'm not mad oh man so yeah I don't know I'm scared for my new man for two week, two weeks of Pogba injury we gotta figure out how to acclimate to that sort of situation. I mean, Fred played like a fucking monster throughout the whole match against Evan, so I'm pretty sure we're going to rely as a, on Fred being the holding midfield. Um, and sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm holding a sip half for some other reason. And it's Red. Nice, many night calls. So hopefully we'll rely on him and then McTominay just screams in these long shots that are beautiful. Um, we're, such, we're so random in terms of performance, man. Like I feel like I don't know. We could have, we would have won if it wasn't the Pogba injury. It's hard to say that it was so random. But like Sheffield United bombed the league. We lose two. We lose one nil. I think I don't remember what, what was the what was the exact result. Um, but we lost, bombed the league, and then we do a nine nine zero win against Southampton. Um, but obviously there were two red cards, red card, and then a red card nearing the end of the game. You expect to win. Um, so, I don't know. It's just too early to tell. But we're playing well. Like, next year we'll probably be a much tougher team when we get enough money. Oh, and Diallo. Oh, my God. There's this under-23 player named uh, Ahmad Diallo. Uh, and oh, he is lit, bro. He is. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see him play. Like, honestly. I cannot wait to see him play. Like, he was supposed to play... 
against West Ham next match as a sub. But um, obviously it was it was a tough situation, and we had to bring in our, our, our kingmakers, you know, like Fernandez, Cavani, and, and uh, McTominay. I fucking love McTominay at the moment. That fucking long shot, bro. Oh, the guys, the guys, like the guy's court vision is actually insane. It has been actually like his the guy's finishing, like his his goal scoring vision has been insane. I think that's the best way to say it. his goal scoring vision has been insane for the last two uh two to three matches. Uh, absolutely great player. Uh, very, very strong in the midfield. And you know, Bruno Fernandes is just king. Um Yeah, so that's many I'm scared for them. Why did I suddenly decide to watch football? I'd never really watched football. Uh, it's because I just saw this Bruno Fernandes player, and I'm like, yo, this is Manchester United you know, looking kind of cool right now. And Solskjaer is training them, you know, their treble winner. Uh, first, no, no, treble is when um, you win the Premier League, so the league, the cup, and the Champions League. And the Manchester United, you know, the only team that did it, with, uh, they were losing 2 0 against Bayern Munich, uh, Bayern Munchen. I don't know how you say it, but uh, the the Bayern, the German team, number one German team, and um, two 0 and then within a matter of two minutes of extra time, five minutes of extra time, I think they scored two goals, and the second goal, they scored uh, they scored three goals, I think, I don't remember the exact timing of it, but we managed to get a comeback within the game without resulting to extra time. Which was fucking crazy. Not as crazy as um, what Liverpool did against AC Milan. Actually, maybe. I don't know. But it was a crazy team. But that team was fucking... It had to win. It had Roy Keane, David Beckham. It had to win. It's just David Beckham, Ryan Giggs. All of these players at their prime. York. Uh, Solskjaer. Uh, it just had Dennis Irwin, uh, Philip Neville and Gary Neville. Oh, man. It had to win. So yeah, um, great team. I tell you what was the greatest Champions League run. Actually, no, Liverpool beat. It. Yeah, it for me it was when Chelsea won, and then when Liverpool won it. Actually, no, I think, I think when Chelsea won the Champions League, it was one of the most entertaining Champions League I've ever seen. Like obviously, the Liverpool win against Barcelona was great, but like. It's boring to see two English teams in the final. Um, it, uh, Chelsea's Champions League game, there was a red card on the match against Barcelona and they managed to win. And then there was a game against Bayern Munich and they won against Bayern Munich. Something about Bayern Munich, they're, they're, they're weak in front of English opposition. Some, because I feel like, you know, when it's, a, when it's an English team reaching the Champions League final... Chances are they're going to fucking win. Like, there's a very high chance because of the difficulty of the Premier League. Like, it's the most difficult league in the fucking country. In the fucking earth. <laughs> it's the most difficult football league. So many good teams. As opposed to, like, farmer clubs like PSG and and the League One. And the Spanish clubs in the Serie A. Like, oh, no, Liga BBVA and then the Serie A. Tiny league and fucking so farmers club. I think it's probably a tiny league, but still, like, so teams are tough in the Premier League, like, so unexpected and very entertaining. 
Um, yeah, I've just been playing chess as well. Reached 700. I went from 720 down to 630 rating on chess.com and then went, uh, recently come back to 700. Um, yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of chess, chilling with my mates, studying. Nothing really serious. I haven't been getting into comedy that much, but it's just, oh man, I don't know. It's just, I've, I find some funny situations here and there, but there's no... I don't want to deal with the excitement of like, oh, I can't wait to share this joke. I want to deal with it. Because the more I hold on to that idea, the more I I sort of hack at it and think about it. And, and the more I hack at it and think about it, the more I discourage it. And when you overthink, when I tend to overthink things... um it usually results in the wrong decision for me. So I'd rather just be on the fresh fast food-like joke. Well, not fast food, just have the access and avenue to to performing and then writing a joke within within a matter of two weeks, you know, at least. Obviously, I want to do it more. Um, yeah, but... Anyways, guys, this has been the 31st episode of the IMO podcast. Love you all. Sorry for the delay. I'm honestly very sorry. But um, yeah, I hope you understand it. You know, people have their priorities, and uh, yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Well, every time I say that, I do it. I stay consistent for like three weeks, and then a delay happens. Like, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Anyways, love you all. This has been the thirty-first episode of the IMO podcast. I uh, hope you're staying safe during Corona. Oh, by the way, we're getting close to uh, vaccinating all the danger, danger level, like the high, high at risk level. It's only 1.5 uh, million uh, for us. And uh, thank God all people die. <laughs> thank God for that. That's the one thing that I'm happy about. And then later on, it's going to get down to the 70s, uh, to uh, between the 50s and 70s, between 70s and 60s, and then 60s to 50s. You know, hopefully. And then um, I think I'll be able to keep my job in the future. Anyways, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, found it informative, found it interesting. And I love you all. Sorry for the delay. And I love you more than you love me. I'm pretty sure I do. Um, Yeah. Bye-bye. You hang up. Come on, why are you still here? No, you hang up. Fuck's sake. You know what? I'm going to hang up. You're wasting my time. (laughs) Bye-bye.